Good day. Welcome to Financial Planning Explained, and I am your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner. And as we always talk about, this show is designed to be an educational experience for the viewers. And I am very pleased uh, to have as my guest, not only was he my first guest on my first show, but he happens to also be the first time I'm having a repeat guest on the show. So, Brian Adler, Thank you very much for joining us. I forgot I was the first. You were. That was was last October. Somewhere. It seems like it. Yeah. It was a cold, rainy day. It was great. We had a ball. Oh, just wonderful. Cold, rainy day. Good day for ducks. (laughs) But anyway, um, so what I want to do is is today we're going to piggyback on last week's episode. Last week's episode, we had Jack Linville, who is a long-term care uh, planning specialist who also got involved in selling the insurance products and stuff like that. But he was probably... Uh, outside of the legal side, one of the people that I've met as a professional who knows the industry that well, well, I should hope after doing it for 20 or 30 years and having to deal with his parents uh, going through it himself. But uh, Brian comes in from the legal side, and and I've also referred clients over to Brian because uh, also as an attorney, really is very educational, and that's one of the things I like about him most, which is why I like to have him on my show, um, very knowledgeable in the subject material. I guess you're one of what, 45? Is it 45? There might be a few more now, certified elder law attorneys. There yeah. might be a few more well, statewide now. Not a lot. Okay, so he's one of the few elder, uh, elder law uh, attorneys in, certified elder law attorneys in the state of Pennsylvania. And you also practice in New Jersey too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Philadelphia metro area in South Jersey, really okay. Princeton South. Okay. So we're going to take today and maybe look at it also from the long-term care planning, but also from the lens of the legal side. Plus, I believe you have people on staff who assist and guide people through the process. So here I am talking about your company. You're a partner with Rothkopf Law. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your firm, a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump in. And I know you've had the opportunity to see last week's week's episode. So uh, let's pick it up and, and... Piggyback and, and double. Well, so, uh, well, that was a, g- a great introduction. I mean, you, you touched on it. I'm a board-certified elder law attorney. Um, and Rothkopf Law Group, we're an elder law firm only. Mm-hmm. Um, we do elder care. We do elder care coordination, long-term planning. We don't do criminal law. We don't do medical malpractice. Well, you do estate planning, too, We though, do estate right? planning, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. And that's, that's encompassed oh, in, of course in, it in is. a tenant of elder law. That's exactly right. We take a unique approach to it. So, and I used to be this guy, a traditional elder law attorney focuses relatively narrowly. It's about guardianships, estate planning, Medicaid, asset protection, and getting a loved one. And in by the way, I will have you know, okay, is that is a, it, it, it's a turnoff to me. Mm-hmm. A little bit, a turnoff, and it's like, you know, the, 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 the I don't know, the, like you get pigeonholed, like attorneys. Well, Everybody you hates attorneys, a lot of, a, a broad swath of population. Right. It's all about pulling the money out and letting Medicaid take over so that yep. they're not going to take the money. The practicality exactly of the matter right. is, is you're not going to get the same level of care. That's the downside to it. And, and so you, I would have someone come into my old, my old practice, which was uh, you know, 10 plus years ago. They come in and say, my mom needs care. And I'd say, well, she need a nursing home? Because if so, I can save this much money. That's how you justify paying me. Oh, well, no, she just needs some home care or she needs assisted living. It's okay, go pound sand. 
Like, I can't help you. I could do some estate planning, uh, maybe I could do some asset restructuring, but the big nut isn't there. The big asset protection strategy right. isn't there. My practice now, and the reason I left my old practice and joined Rothkoff Law Group was because it's a care-first approach. It's looking at the senior, it's looking at the loved one, it's looking at the family, get the best care. And we've got five social workers on staff that coordinate care for our families. Right. We have a, uh, an occupational therapist on staff that coordinates the occupational side of things. And we figure out how to pay for care. So it's no matter to me if you need a nursing home or assisted living or home care or hospice or palliative care, we'll coordinate it, then right. we'll figure out how to pay for it. Whereas the flip side of the model is we're gonna go on Medicaid. We're gonna, we're gonna get the payer source first and then cram it into an environment or a care environment that accepts that payer source. So and so that's, that's the immediate um, elder law attorney that you think, how am I going to take all of the assets away, yeah. say we go on to Medicaid, and I'd like to dispel that as the first thing to do and squash it because I actually kind of don't like it. It's, it's saying, hey, mom, dad, whichever it might be, mm -hmm. I'm going to pull all of your assets out so we get it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, all the money that you earned and saved and protected all these years, you're giving it to us, yep. and we're going to give you lousy care for the rest of your life. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of elder law attorneys out there that do it in, uh, in, in what I believe to be the right way the care first approach right. and I want to be I want to stress that there are a lot of great elder law attorneys that are traditional elder right. law attorneys it's just a, my old practice meaning when I felt I was a traditional planner was too Medicaid focused it was too asset focused and right. person focused right. I always want to clarify that because I got a lot of good friends they're traditional elder law attorneys they do great work um, but yeah you want to look at the person first and Medicaid's not the end-all be-all frankly it's becoming more difficult to access Right. It's not as available as it once was. Um, it's a, a political football. It's constantly being bastardized. You know, it, they, they cut here. It doesn't cover this. It doesn't cover that. It's more difficult to access. You want to look at, the, and to use your, the, the last guest, Jack, from last week, long-term care insurance is a tool in a toolkit. Medicaid's right. a tool in a toolkit. Private funds are a tool in a toolkit. If you only look at one tool and all you have is a hammer, everyone's a nail. Right. But if you look at it as everyone's a house to build, you're going to take your, you're going to take your whole kit with you, and you're going to use whatever's most appropriate. Well, so again, what people don't understand about Medicaid, and, and I use it as it's basically welfare. It's only once you're out of money. So you can't look at it that way. You're not necessarily wrong. But we have to look at stark realities, Mike. So, yes, Medicaid once was considered welfare. They've since changed the name in Pennsylvania from Department of Public Welfare to Department of Human Services. But the reality is Medicaid, yes, it's a public benefit program. Yes, you have to be indigent to access it. But I asked the, the studio audience, I asked people that are listening, who has $15,000 a month to pay for a nursing home or $8,000 or $9,000 a month right. to pay for assisted living? For in, the average length of stay in those two environments is about two and a half years. But the average length of the need for care could range from 8 to 20, Right. particularly if you have a dementia-related issue. So, yeah, people say, okay, two and a half years, if I get a three-year long-term care policy, I'm good to go. That's not how it works. You might have an onset much earlier, and you might have this eight-year trajectory. So the reality is that when you're paying 15000 a month, even if you blend it down to 10 for eight years, it's going to break anybody. How are you yeah. supposed to swing that? The reality is better than 80% of nursing home residents are on Medicaid. So you go into a nursing home, you might be solidly middle class. You might be solidly blue collar. A house, half a million bucks in the bank with a retirement account, with a pension, Social Security, you're not going to swing that for long, particularly if you have a spouse. 
So I think the, the, the perspective that Medicaid is a welfare program, it's not wrong, but I don't think that it's fair to paint that brush with nursing home residents because the costs are so staggering. Right, Because three and ten are going to wind up there. How are you going to pay for it? Well, so it also, what, what I've learned just from having different clients at different uh, places, I recall one client going in, I want to say it was Shenandoah, but I'm not certain of That's that. That's one. Yeah. Does Shenandoah have care all the way through? Yeah, it's a CCRC it does. Okay. in uh, Montgomery County. Right. So it's actually right around the corner from our office. Yeah. So my understanding is that someone goes in there mm -hmm. and they spend, call it $300,000 for a unit, mm -hmm. and then they pay like a minor monthly rent, mm -hmm. and that carries them through the rest of the way for so care, it doesn't can. it? So there's, there's multiple types of models for that. That's called a continuing care retirement community. Right. It's typically three levels of care on one campus. Independent apartments, which is nothing more than an it, apartment. It's exactly what it is. It's you an apartment. There. And then you have assisted living or personal care, which is more commonly referred That's to. That's where they come in once or twice a day to make sure that you're... They're helping you. Right. They're helping you with uh, bathing, toileting, medication management, getting in and out of bed. It's people that need personal care or memory care, but they're not, they don't need a high clinical care support. Right. And then you have a nursing home. That's high clinical care. Which is care. basically a hospital bed. It is now. Yeah. If you look at the trajectory over the last 25 years, hospitals 25, 30 years ago looked like nursing homes today. Nursing homes 25, 30 years ago looked like assisted livings today. Right. It's been this, this clinical um, right, transition. Right, right, right. But a CCRC, you might have a buy-in where you pay three, four, five, even a million dollars. There are some in, that, that charge, that have uh, big buy-ins like that. That's an option, and they'll give you a life care contract where if you pay your fees and if you run out of money, they keep caring for you. Right. And depending on how you choose, depending on the, the community, you might just pay a fixed monthly fee, whether you're in assisted living, nursing home, independent living. You might pay what it actually costs, but they also have fee-for-service communities where you move in, you pay three or four grand for an independent living, you pay seven, eight, nine thousand for assisted living. You pay twelve, thirteen, fourteen, right. fifteen for a nursing home. Well, but see, the first one strikes me as a whole lot more predictable. It, it's, and, it's essentially long-term care insurance policy, right? And it's regulated by the insurance industry or the the, uh, the Department of Insurance regulation. Okay. So it really is an insurance product. You're absolutely right. So I, I just look at that as 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 a solution for a lot of the people who aren't wealthy. Yep. Because the practicality of the matter is, is that you know ten thousand dollars a year. Or fifteen thousand. I'm sorry, a month. Yeah, a month. Okay. Yeah, you're talking somewhere a hundred to a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. It does not take long to wipe out your assets. Now, one thing that people have a propensity to say, well, gee, I can't afford ten thousand. Of course, you can't afford ten thousand dollars, and you don't necessarily have to have an insurance policy that covers ten thousand dollars a month. No. But because if you have Social Security, that might be $2,000 a month. Pension. And a pension that's yep. $2,000 a month. Or if you have money in the bank. Right. That, then what you got to do is, is trim it's that a little bit. Exactly. Because then your assets will not be wiped out in three or four years. And they can last a duration. That's the calculation. That's the calculus that goes into this. You know, a CCRC isn't perfect for everyone. Continuous care. Continuing care retirement community. Okay. That's three levels on that's, one That's campus. the Shenandoah. Correct. Okay. It's not for everybody. There are limitations to it. Often that you might, but A, the buy-in can be prohibitive for some families. It also limits your ability to um, engage in asset protection planning, if that's important to you. It can limit your ability to access public benefits, such as Medicaid in the nursing home, if you're in a facility that doesn't accept it. So okay. it's not for everybody. It's just like long-term care insurance. It's just like that, as Jack mentioned, the, um, the hybrid product, you know, where you have to, the annuity where you do a big buy-in, you got to put a big chunk of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
that's for that's great for some it's terrible for others you know that's interesting so that's that's you're creating you're describing to me different solutions for instance the person who may for whatever reason have had a heart attack or a stroke mm -hmm. or uh, chronic back problems or whatever might put them into long-term care mm -hmm. may not be able to get a long-term care policy Correct. but may be able to accomplish the same goal for instance pop and Shannondale with three or four hundred thousand exactly dollars right. and if it's a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars a month for life and they keep that thing hey guess what that's right that was their way of affording it and you're looking at those buy-in those facilities those organizations they're set up for someone who's 70 75 years old to move in you call a long-term care insurance uh, carrier when you're 75 and say I need a policy, good luck. Well, yeah, your premiums, if you can even get a policy, Correct. your premiums are just... But a CCRC is giving you a very similar approach to it, and, and frankly, it could be a better approach. The longest long-term care policy I see written today is five years. Right. Gone are the days of unlimited daily rates. Gone are the days of unlimited plans. It's a fixed daily rate, fixed time period, with maybe an inflation rider, simpler compound. Right. So you're still, it's still a, a fixed pool of resources. Whereas with the CCRC, it may, again, may, a tool and toolkit, you have some certainty. You know that if you go broke, they're going to still keep caring for Right, you. I know. That's a beautiful thing. Um, so we're, we're about ready to take a break, but I wanted to point something out that Brian just said. Uh, it's a misnomer in the industry, or shall I say, it's a misnomer, common misnomer. We're asked to review long-term care policies by the children of parents who may need it. And we see that, let's say, for instance, it's $300 a day for five years. People are like, oh, no, what do I do at the end of five years? Well, point in, case in point, what it really is, is if you were to take $300 a day times 365 days a year times five years, that gives you a number of almost $500,000. That's a pot of money. Correct. It could so, be 10 years if you use right, half if you a use rate. That's Exactly. Right. So I just wanted to point that out. Not a guarantee. Some policies don't. Some policies are fixed temporally, but that's rare. You're absolutely right. That half a million could last 10 years if it's, you're using half the policy. Right. That's and it's right. a pot. And the reason why companies got away from doing care forever is because if you think about the insurance company, there's no way of defining their risk. For instance, if they said, we'll give you $300 a day for life, is life two years, five years, 10 years? Or as you indicated, potentially 20 years. Correct. Boy, I'll tell you what, the insurance company loses big time on that one. Anyway, good opportunity for us to take a break. So uh, please stay tuned. We'll be back with you in just a few moments. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Menninger, founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary, no-obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained with my guest, Brian Adler, who is an elder law attorney 
in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Um, we left off talking uh, real quickly about um, you know the, the continuing care facilities, mm -hmm. and you know you're really knowledgeable in this. And, and I'm learning every day from you, and I think that's great. One of the other things I had a client uh, have, and I also want to get to talking about the long-term care products again. Uh, and just the different things because we talked about that during the break, which I think is very educational to the viewers. But one of the other things that I had found is that, and you had indicated that the CCRC facilities are the same way, but I've seen a client go in, mm -hmm. and most times what they do is they always look at your financials. Yeah. And they look at your financials because they don't want you to run out of money in two years. They run a matrix. They look at your income. Right. They look at your because if you got ten thousand bucks a month in income, you know you're a retired cop, then a retired firefighter, and high social security. Right. They they're going to be a lot less concerned what you have in the bank. Right. But if you are a widow and you didn't work and you're claiming survivors benefits of a thousand a month, they're going right. to see a lot in the bank. Sure. They exactly. Your health ba basically, they want to make sure that you're going to yeah. be there. That's right. And so what I thought was pretty cool is that they had a benevolence fund. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And he actually ended up throwing eighty six thousand dollars non refundable money. Okay, through $86,000, which is almost in its own way, the, the, the original life insurance policy. Yeah. So that what happened is that if he died, $86,000 remains in the fund. But if he runs out of money, then that $86,000 that everybody in the facility threw in mm -hmm. continues with his care. That's, and so you look at it two ways. There are the life care contracts where you do a giant buy-in. There are some CCRCs where the buy-ins are comparatively. 86 grand is a lot of money but they're comparatively small, um, and fifty dollars to $80,000, $90,000 non-refundable. And yes, that's right. They, it goes into that fund for that very reason, because you have people that are going to go broke. Because and, they lived longer. And, and, you know, so the funny thing... And why I, push them into a nursing home to go on Medicaid if they could stay in assisted living? Right, exactly. So it's a lower, lower cost, less restrictive environment. That's right. Right. And so, you know, it's kind of funny. And you never really thought about it, but in talking to Jack Linville from last week, mm -hmm. he had said what happens here is the people who get the better care live longer which is you don't think about it but you're like duh that's right if you're getting better care you live forever <laughs> exactly how and many we're doing so well keeping people alive uh, not our minds we can't do anything to keep our brains going dementia hits there's nothing uh, to do i'm going to disagree with you on that one only from the perspective of i remember having a client who ended up i mean they were really in just sort of poor health mm -hmm. in every facet and i don't mean to disagree with you but what happened was when they went into assisted living mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're getting three meals a day they're getting the medication so what, what and I, boy they just whipped it right you're around absolutely right increased socialization there's no doubt about that what i was referring to is you get diagnosed with alzheimer's yeah there's have, no recovery. there's no medical intervention that does anything but i'll, I'll go on a limit it does virtually nothing there is a new drug at that was just approved but even and i would invite you to our, our annual symposium with dr jason carlo which is the keynote speaker He's been all over the news about Adahelm, and it's of really questionable effectiveness. Um, is it designed for long-term, or is it therapeutic once you have it? It's infusion. I don't know enough about it. It's infusion-based. It's very expensive. I think it's like in the hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and the, the efficacy is very questionable. Um, and that is considered the biggest breakthrough in the last 30 years of Alzheimer's treatment. It barely works. <laughs> I mean, Jason doesn't. Let's spend a couple hundred thousand job. dollars on something yeah. that doesn't really For work. Some it might really work. Dr. Carlowish is much more skeptical. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get you a ticket to the symposium. I think you'll really cool. like it. He's fascinating. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So anyway, we're talking a little bit about the long-term care products, yeah. um, and and I know that my mother has a for life 
product. Which, good luck getting that now. Oh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, it it doesn't possible. exist. I think she got it in like 2001, 2002. And I remember 15 years ago that the insurance companies, and there were probably about 10 players, but there were about four or five, GE, Transamerica. Genworth. Gen, which is what well, GE is now Genworth. Okay. okay. Print, not principal, uh, but there were a handful mm -hmm. of them. And so, um, and they all prided themselves. We've never raised our premiums to our existing customers. And what they would do <laughs> is next year, you buy a new policy, you're, you're paying for the old people, but now they're and, beginning to do and that. And that was a common sales tactic where they would say either we've never raised premiums or your individual premium can never go up because you can't raise by law you can't raise an individual's premium. right it but you have to a whole class. class when they have to go through the application and that to be the very state misleading. however you know and and she's been concerned this is my mother at about potentially needing to go into a facility sure and she's like you know but these premiums are just climbing and climbing and so i looked at her policy i'm like holy cow you got yourself a cadillac oh you, know, you can't get rid of it i'm like and oh by the way you don't want to pair back on your benefits mm -mm. you know because i'm like it's you always a ham-fisted approach that they, they, they send out those illustrations keep your policy this it will reduce your right. policy premium and it it it, it destroys the it just or we'll give you a check for twenty thousand dollars, if you had the policy for fifteen years, you paid ten thousand dollars a year for it. You get, the, you get a little pittance. I look at these things. I say, don't ever oh, pair back I, the policy. I've done, and I've had that with clients before. And I'm like, no, you don't want to do it. The only thing that I have actually done, because it was an affordability issue, is, you know, given their advanced age, they were mm -hmm. pushing eighty-five, and the daily rate was already accumulated to be to a, pretty high. Where it's going to cover it, right? You can right, I said, you know what? I said, I took the compounding off, sure. which made it affordable to that's them. Fair. That's, there's a fairness to that. And you right. have to look at it. You know, you look, that's right. If, you, if I've got somebody that comes to me and says, look, I can't afford this policy anymore. All right, well, you look at that circumstance. So if, if they just say, I don't feel like spending 5000 a year or 6000 right. a year, and I'm looking at a million dollars in the bank and say, you're a fool. Right, there's can't afford and don't well, want to correct. afford, you That's know. Exactly and right. you know what? You, you figure out a way. You figure out yeah. a way to afford it because you're right. Uh, they don't want to afford it because you're right. The premiums are getting high. Well, and Jack uh, made a good point last week. 0.6% of a, a million dollar portfolio is the, chump change. the premium. No, it's a chump change. If you're getting even a percent or two return, it's paying the premium. And if that's you're, not right. You're barely growing. Like, if you're getting 2%, Fire your advisor. Right. And that, but that's still enough to pay the policy and then some. So I, I think that that's a very valid point there. It's, a, it's peanuts. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. And, and, you know, and that's a good way of looking at it. Not People don't always look at it that way. They see the check for $10,000 right. or $6,000. We're, we're their eyes. We're right. their wide-angle lens. It is. And you know what? The big difference between us and the clients, and I tell them this all the time, and it, it, it's not to be mean, but I tell my clients all the time, I say, I got one giant advantage over you. I said, I don't have the same emotional connection right. that clouds that's right. judgment. And, and that's not to say that, you know, that their judgment is bad or anything else, but they don't see it from the outside. It's a different lens. And they need that advice because they need to have, you know, I mentioned the, the hammer and everything looks like a nail. That's a great, that was a great analogy. You know, you look at, at these long-term care products, you look at asset protection strategies like irrevocable trusts, you look at CCRCs, look at a traditional long-term care policy. It's great for someone that has a lot high income or a ton of money in the bank. But if you don't have either of those, you're out, you're out of the game. Right. Furthermore, they're, not, they're more difficult to get now. 
Jack mentioned those hybrid products where you have to put $300,000 into it. That's great if you got the cash for it. Right, you need 300 grand. Sense. But then there's consequences to buying an annuity. You, you put money into an annuity, it's not like you can go to the bank and take it out tomorrow. There might be surrender penalties. You're right, exactly. There's all kinds of there's issues There's that, and you lose it. some of the benefits. I mean, the Correct. purpose of an annuity is for the insurance company to guarantee a lifetime payout. Correct. So but, there's, there's, there's ups and downs to everything. We do an irrevocable trust. That's an, a, an abdication of control of your assets. You're right. gifting it away. You lost it. You there's lost wins it. And, and losses there. There's no silver bullet. It's, you, don't, you don't pull one lever all the way. You pull a little bit on all of them. Ah, you know what? That's, that's right up my alley because, you know, the, the key I've always said in financial planning is to build alternatives and flexibility yeah. and everything else because the only thing you can guarantee, you ready? Is you have no idea what's coming. The only thing you can guarantee is nothing's guaranteed. Right. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's all about planning. I've got a, a very good friend who calls the three Ps, and I'm going to use, a, I'm going to use a, an arguable, inappropriate word, but he says uh, the six Ps. Seven. Seven. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. That's seven. The seven P's. <laughs> and and there's, there's truth to that. There's absolutely truth to that. Nobody plans to fail. They just fail to plan. Exactly right. I mean, that's an old that's cliche, a but, yeah. but it's the truth. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it never hurts to have a conversation because you're going to sit down and say, oh, this policy is going to cost me 10000 Okay, well, a trust is going to cost me this, or an annuity is going to cost me that, or a CCRC is going to... You put a plan together. My job as an elder care attorney isn't to get someone on Medicaid, but I may. It's not to put money into a trust, I may. It's not to, have, to advise someone to get long-term care insurance, but I may. It's about figuring out how to get someone the best care possible, right. how we can pay for it without going broke. Absolutely. It's and about tools. Absolutely, and that's exactly what we do, but just from a, and not necessarily in the elder law planning, yeah. or elder planning, or long-term care planning, but it's all of the financial planning. Inevitably, and I always joke and say this, but you know, people have all kinds of goals, and most people, including myself, I have $10 worth of goals. Yeah. I got $3 in my pocket. That's exactly right. So what ends up happening is that you have to sacrifice some to get the others, or you got to figure out, how can I increase the amount of money in my pocket to afford the $10? I either got to bring the $10 down to 3 or I need to bring the 3 to 10 or everything gets sacrificed a little bit. You plan early and you be patient. The earlier you plan, the better chance you have. You touched on it last week when you said to Jack, the difference between retirement planning and long-term planning is retirement, everybody wants it. They want to save for Right, nobody wants it. Everybody wants to save long-term. Retirement planning, you said it yourself. You can't start saving for retirement at 65. You shot right. yourself in the foot already. Exactly. It's the same concept as everything else. Absolutely. You know, you don't want to come rushing to me when you, with, to get powers of attorney in place when your loved one is unconscious or has dementia. It's right. too late. A little bit on that, right. right. So, Brian, we're out of time. Is there, is there anything that you want to really, because we're really out of time. Yes, we are. Uh, so I tell you what. Worst case scenario, I get you on here again. That's fine. I mean, this is, this is, is great. great. And I want um, to thank everybody for, you know, out there watching today. And, you know, we... Hope to do it again, answer more questions. Love to. Yeah. Uh, this is Brian Adler. Um, you can see his name up on the screen. Uh, Rothkoff Law. Um, what's your website? Rothkofflaw.com. There you go. Rothkoff right, right, right up there. So I thank everybody for joining us this week. I hope you learned something and picked up and piggybacked on what we saw last week with Jack Linville. Uh, Long-term care planning is a very, very important subject, and it's a component of overall financial planning. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you again, Brian. Yeah. I look forward to having you That's again, great. and we'll see you next week. Have a great week.